So the Advent season, thank you, Paul. The Advent season is such a, an important part of who we are in the Christian church. It is actually the, the first season of the, the Christian calendar. We don't, believe, we don't begin in January. We actually begin in December with the season of Advent. And so the season of Advent is a time in which we prepare, is a time in which we await uh, the, the coming of the Christ child. Uh, we know that there are children in the congregation today who are waiting for who to come? Are waiting for Santa Claus to come. Uh, Christians are waiting for that small little baby called uh, the baby Jesus, the, the babe of Bethlehem, the Savior of the world. That's who Christians are waiting for. All of us are waiting for something. So this morning we're beginning a new series entitled The Mystery at the Manger. Let me invite you to take out this card that you find in your program. Let me just highlight this with you. Uh, this is what we know in the church. Uh, a lot of study has been done about this. What we know is, if you'll, everybody just touch this for me, is that uh, this time of year, people who are not a part of a church, who do not attend the church, are more receptive to an invitation to come to church now than at any other time of the year. And so what you'll find on the back side of the card is just uh, when our worship services are, our concerts, our special events, our Blue Christmas, uh, just assortment of uh, ministry opportunities. And we just think this is an easy way for you to say, hey, look, it, I'm going to be going to my church for this event. How about coming with me? Or how about meeting me there? Better to pick them up and bring them, but if you can, just bring them. Uh, it will be a wonderful experience for them. I'm excited about all that we have coming forward in the mystery of the manger. The second thing is that I've shared with you over and over uh, in my five and a half years here with you, uh, this, so this is my sixth Christmas, is that um, I want to encourage you to take your family Bible, and if you do not have a Bible, uh, go out to the Welcome Center. We have a lot of Bibles that we'll be happy to give to you as our Christmas gift, our Advent gift to you. And we want you to open this Bible to one of the uh, narratives of the birth of the Savior, uh, whether that be from Matthew uh, chapter 1, verse 18, or, Math, or Luke chapter 2, and, and place it underneath the Christmas tree. And, and do that now just as a reminder to you that... Um, uh, Christmas and all that we're preparing for, decorating our homes and all, it, that's one aspect of it. I, I know that brings joy to the heart of God, um, but what really brings joy is when we connect through the Word of God, and I just invite you to put a Bible underneath the Christmas tree now and periodically pick it up and just read from it, but on Christmas uh, Day uh, or when you open up your Christmas presents, I invite you that before you open any gift, to read a passage of Scripture in preparation uh, for the true gift, the, the gift of the Christ child, and not all those wrapped packages. Now, if you have children or grandchildren uh, that are going to be with you, uh, please read a short passage. Uh, do not torture them by reading one of the long passages. Um, you can read the long one later. So I want to read to you a long passage. Actually, it is so long, I'm not going to read it to you. I've, a, I've actually had it recorded uh, because it is a part of, a, uh, part of the Scripture, part of the narrative of the birth of Jesus Christ that many of us skip over. 
and it comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 17. Now, I'm going to invite you to take out your teaching notes and, and, and go ahead, and at the very top of that, you will have the direct translation of what's going to be read to us in just a moment. Uh, but um, here, here, here's, uh, here's what I want to share with you. I became reacquainted with these 17 verses on my way home from Israel on October 31st. Uh, we had left Tel Aviv. It was about 1 o'clock in the morning, and uh, I watched a couple movies. I had dinner. I, I slept. And I'm thinking, we must be getting close to arriving in Miami. And I looked down at my watch, and seven hours had passed, and we still had seven more to go. And so I'm thinking, what the heck am I going to do for the next seven hours? And so I decided that I'd open up my iPad and uh, punch my, uh, my app for my Bible. And, and I uh, did that. And I thought, you know, I'll read the Gospel of Matthew. And I did what I typically do is I just skip over the first 17 verses and, and then, then started reading the rest um, because I can't pronounce all those names. I don't know if you're like me. I butcher them. And, and so then I decided, you know what, I'm going to go back and read verses 1 through 17. So let me invite you to, to do this survey with me, a quick survey, raising your hand. How many of you have read uh, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 17 in the last 12 months? Raise your hand. I am so impressed. Uh, how many of you have read it uh, over, the, over the last two to five years, read that? Wow. How many of you have read it sometime during your life? How many of you have never read it? No, don't raise your hand. Yeah. It is not one of those easy ones to read. So um, I didn't want to embarrass myself either, so I'm, we're going to have it recorded. And so I invite you to look at your teaching notes, follow along, and uh, listen as the Word of God is spoken and revealed to you this morning, Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Perez the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Amminadab, Amminadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Solomon, the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam, the father of Abijah. Abijah, the father of Asa. Asa, the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, the father of Jehoram. Jehoram, the father of Uzziah, Uzziah, the father of Jotham, Jotham, the father of Ahaz, Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, Manasseh, the father of Amon, Amon, the father of Josiah, and Josiah, the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, Shealtiel, the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel, the father of Abihud, Abihud, the father of Eliakim, Eliakim, the father of Azor, Azor, the father of Zadok, Zadok, the father of Achim, 
Achim, the father of Elihud, Elihud, the father of Eleazar, Eleazar, the father of Mathan, Mathan, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. And Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Thus there were fourteen generations in all from Abraham to David, fourteen from David to the exile to Babylon, and fourteen from the exile to the Messiah. My friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. So let's dig into it just a little bit. Uh, I, I, I tell you, I'm not sure the author of this book of, of Matthew understood what it means to have a page-turner, uh, because uh, there's nothing there to get me to the next page if I started reading that. Uh, but there, there's, some, there's three things, three individuals of the 42 generations that you just heard. There are three that I simply want to draw your attention to, because I think it begins to say something to us about uh, our lineage in the line of Jesus Christ as well. And I believe that is vitally important for us to understand how our lineages, lineage is connected to the lineage of Jesus, the lineage of Abraham, and how it comes down, and how, I'll, I'll give you the answer now, how we are all included in God's plan, and God's love, and God's compassion. I don't know about you all, but that's important for me because no matter how bad I screw things up in my life, I know God's grace is sufficient for my every need. Amen? So let's talk about Abraham for a second. Jesus Christ is the son of Abraham. Now, let me just share a couple things to, uh, with you about Abraham. First of all, Abraham, when he had his two sons, was far beyond the normal age for fathering a child. Uh, what we know is uh, that um, he was the... Um, he, he, he is the father of uh, the uh, three greatest uh, faith traditions, faiths uh, of the world today. Uh, over 50% of the population in the world today is made up of Jews, Muslims, and Christians. And uh, our, our lineage goes right up to Abraham. In fact, if you look at this, or this is the, I'm just going to share a few things with you on this tree. Is that Okay. Uh, it, won't, it won't take us more than 30 hours. Uh, so, uh, so rather than doing that, I decided that I'd rather go to this one. We might be able to see a little bit easier. Uh, and I know that it's hard to see in the back. So what we do is at the very top, we have Adam, then we have Noah, then we have Abraham, who was actually born in the year 1813 B.C., before Christ, 1813 before Christ. And then uh, uh, when uh, Abraham was 86 years of age, uh, he, he uh, this was not uncommon back then, uh, the nursemaid, the handmaiden of his wife Sarah, who was supposed to have been barren, uh, uh, Hagar uh, got pregnant, and she gave birth to a son by the name of Ishmael. So you need to hold on to Ishmael over on the right side. On the left side, uh, so um, Abraham was uh, 86 years of age when Ishmael was born, uh, 14 years later, about when he was about 100 years of age, and uh, tradition says, history says, uh, that Abraham actually lived about 175 years. That's tradition. And so Isaac is born about when he's about 100 years of age. And Isaac, um, we follow this lineage down. Isaac, about the, and his lineage goes down to Judaism. Judaism started about the year 1400 B.C., and then uh, from, of course, Judaism, we know that we have Christianity in the year 4 A.D. 
uh, started with the birth and life and teachings and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, we have two strains that come out of their Roman Catholicism uh, on the left side and the East, Eastern Orthodox Church or the, or the Orthodox Church. And then finally, eventually, out of the Roman Catholic uh, branch, we have the branch called Protestantism. Now, if you go over to Ishmael, uh, you have to go down to the year 609. He was, I believe he was born in about the year 590 uh, after the birth and death of Jesus Christ. And uh, uh, um, the Islam was started about the year 609 uh, through the prophet Muhammad, who was, according to the uh, Muslims, is the last great prophet following the lineage of, uh, of the prophecy of Abraham, Moses, Jesus, and then the prophet Muhammad in the Islamic tradition. So what, what we have here is you see this branch coming out of Abraham that includes uh, Christians, uh, Jews, and who? Muslims. And, 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 and one of the things that we hear a lot about in the news, and we, hear, and we experience a lot of this, is that we hear the word jihadist, we hear the word terrorist, and we hear the phrase conflict over and over and over again. And I think that what happens in the uh, Judeo, in the Christian, and the Muslim traditions is that we have failed to recognize our common heritage. And so what I would like to see happen is that uh, we would go, uh, the, the Muslims and Christians and Jews would all go together uh, to the, the city of Hebron, and, which is in Israel, uh, and go there together and hold hands around the, the, the tomb of Abraham and somehow uh, quit this bickering. You know, it's like a family war. And somehow we have got to figure out how to come together as family. This is our line. This is our heritage. And then coming down, we, we have all the other parts of our heritage. So that, that's the first one. Uh, the, 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 the second one, I like that. Um, the, the, the second one is this. We, Jesus Christ is the son of David. Now, we need to clarify that. Jesus Christ is the son of who? King David. We have the sense of royalty. And, and I don't know what it is about the U.S. Um, culture, but we are just, um, uh, we, we kind of get enthralled with royalty. Uh, because we don't have any here, uh, but we, we have this royalty that we, we get, get uh, focused on. We, we, we think about, I don't know why, how many, thousand, how many of you here watched the royal wedding of Prince Harry and, Mar and, and um, um, Meghan Markle? Um, so we just have this very keen interest in them, and, and so we have this real sense of royalty. So we need to understand that not only do we have Jesus Christ from Abraham and, and all that lineage there, but we also have this royalty that is so important to us, and, and we have to claim our, our, our royal heritage. Now, I love the, in, in the, um, the Hallelujah Chorus, it talks about King of kings and Lord of lords. Uh, that's who Jesus is. And then the, the third one, the third part, of this. Uh, the book of, 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 of Matthew was written for Jews. That was the audience that it was written for. 
And what's really interesting about the book of, of Matthew is that the author decides that he's going to do something that is not included in any single Old Testament, Old Testament genealogy. Let me say that again. Nowhere in the Old Testament are you going to find this specific attribute of the book of Matthew, and that is that it includes women. Women, you remember uh, in the scripture of Jesus feeding the 5,000? It says that Jesus fed the 5,000 what? You're not awake with me. Jesus fed who? 5,000 men. Didn't talk about women. Women were not essential. So what we have here is that Matthew is breaking tradition, and he's saying we have these women that we need to remember. I think it's vitally important, though, for us to think that it's not the matriarchs of the women, such as Sarah, Rachel, or Rebecca. Those are the, 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 the big names of women in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament. Now, who does he, rep- who does he represent? Who does he share? He, he, he begins by sharing uh, the name of Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and then Bathsheba. You know, let me, you all don't get this yet. This is why I decided to do this study. Tamar, she pretended to be a prostitute. Rahab pretended to, was a prostitute. Ruth, she came from the background of being a Moabite, and being a Moabite woman meant that she was treated less uh, favorably uh, than a person with leprosy. You got that? And then we have uh, Bathsheba, who finally relented to David and said that she will go along with the plan about um, uh, covering up the story about the killing of her husband. Folks, Matthew decides that he wasn't going to go with Sarah, Rachel, or Rebecca, the 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 matriarchs of faith, he decides to go with people who represent us. And so when you look at this lineage of Jesus Christ, when you look at going from the top of of Adam and Eve and you go all the way through and 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 you go all the way through until this very moment today, what you have to understand, what I what, I've, what I'm learning about this lineage and this heritage, this genealogy of Jesus, is that no matter who we are, we are included. And I, I need that. I need to know that I'm included. Because I'm such a mess. And so are you. Right? So... I want to tell us that we're included in the lineage of Jesus, but we're included in such a way uh, that God loves us no matter what. Now, how do we get that love? We have to do something. We have to position ourselves to sit in the presence of God like you're doing, and we receive this meal of grace called Holy Communion. So why, why do we have communion today? Because I want you to feel a part of the lineage of Christ and that you are forgiven and redeemed, and loved people of God. Just the way you are, 
and who God can create you to become. Amen?